In this week's podcast, episode 37, we taste not one, not two, but three limited Christmas release bottlings from the Whiskey Exchange. Yes, we do. And we have their very own Billy Abbott on the show to guide us through these special limited festive releases. As always, you can see some more whiskey-based content on all our social media platforms at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And it'd be great if you could help us out by rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast on all your favourite platforms. We have 18 five-star reviews on iTunes. 18 people can't be wrong. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things Podcast with Dave Giles and Nick Kent. Welcome to episode 37 of Whiskey and Things. I am Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. Yes, welcome everyone. Welcome everyone. 37, good lord, racking them up. I was 37 years old last year. I was about to say, we're still Um, not your age, are we? We're still not my age. One more. One more to go. (laughs) And it's really old. This uh, <laughs> this thing, yes. But uh, how are you, Dave? You're right. How's your um? Was it 48 hour gig or something? Yeah, you're yeah, doing? yeah. The 72 hour stream I did. 72 hour uh, stream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, it did, didn't happen. Oh, no, no wonder you can no. talk. You do sound yeah, exactly. pretty good considering. No, I was oh, it, my in my 12 hour stream was supposed to happen on Sunday, and uh, it didn't because I was hoping to have been set up as an affiliate, and Twitch didn't make it happen in time. Stupid so it's going to happen this Sunday instead. Yeah. Yeah, I was just waiting for him to, to clear my my finance stuff. Uh, uh, anyway, irrelevant. It's happening this Sunday. It's definitely happening this Sunday because it's all set up now. Sunday, cool. Um, I I'm not on Twitch. So there we go. You don't you don't have to be on Twitch to to watch a stream. Oh, well, I got watch. It you just now. go on. <laughs> so uh, God, yeah, God. Nick's gonna put a put a link to to my Twitch channel in the in the description of this. Am I really uh, on the, on this video? So anyone who on Sunday between from one p.m. in the afternoon right the way through Dave, to Dave, one Dave, a.m. Dave, long show today. Long show. Wrap oh it yeah, up. okay. Wrap right, it up. Right. Wrap it up. <laughs> really long show, but we've got a humdinger. Humdinger. Oh, it's a good one today. It's a good one, mate. We're just on a roll. Got another guest. Another guest. Oh. No, another good guest as well. Another Mate. great guest. Fantastic guest. Right, this week we have Billy Abbott, the content and training manager of the online spirit retailer, The Whiskey Exchange. Don't yes. they have shops as well, Nick? I'm sure they have like real shops as well, don't they? Hang on, I'll look it up. I'm sure they do. Flag, they've got to have a flagship at least. I've, I think they may have more than you think. Oh, they do. They've got three shops. Common Garden, Great Portland Street and London Bridge. Not that anyone can go to them right now, but anyway. <laughs> well, at the moment, that's actually factually correct. Yes. He'll go into his job title in the segment and explain his role in the company. And uh, he's also going to be taking us on a journey through three amazing whiskies, which they've been very kind to send to us. We've been in the Loch Lomond 2010, 10-year-old, cask 349. A single cask whiskey. Exactly. Yeah, and the best cask. 57.7. Cheers! Oh, put hairs on your chest. Um, the Highland <laughs> Special Reserve Single Malt, uh, that's 46% ABV, and a fine Christmas malt, 2020, aged 19 years. 19 years. 44.5%, so yes. Yeah, not one, but three. Three, three 
new releases. Just they're out just for Christmas, limited edition. Yeah. yeah. Once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. Uh, so um, yeah, look, and they were delightful. So you're going to hear our tasting notes, Billy, talk us through them. A lot of geeky whiskey stuff as well, which is uh, I, I learned a lot. Um, so I hope you enjoy this chat with the one, the only, Billy Abbott. Whiskey bots roll out. Billy Abbott, welcome to Whiskey and Things. Welcome, Billy. Oh, thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally get you on after we uh, first encountered you at the Whiskey Show yes. and uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing some whiskey tastings with you that week. It was, uh, it was a, a great time. So thanks very much for, for joining us and uh, pretty sure we have a, f- have a few things in store today. But, but first of all... Can we have a little bit about your background and how you got into how you got into whiskey and uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, if you would? Okay, yeah. So um, I uh, officially my my official job title, as my business card says, uh, I am the content and training manager for the Whiskey Exchange. Uh, we decided uh, fairly early on, um, since I took that role a couple of years back, that that sounds really, really rubbish. <laughs> so, um, and, and nobody knows what content and training manager means. So, uh, I am the Whiskey Exchange's ambassador. Nice. So uh, I'm a writer, uh, I'm a presenter, I'm an educator, so I teach people, talk about booze and write about booze. And I do that internally. I run our internal training programs, but I also get out into the world and tell people about drinks and stuff about drinks, which is sort of an ambassador. And it's it's a weird one for a shop to have an ambassador. Most brands have one, you know, telling about the specific whiskeys. I get to work across not only whiskey, but all spirits and get to tell people about all the different spirits that we do, um, which is really nice because I, I really like talking about booze. So you know, it's uh, it's all good for me. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. And, and is is whiskey your favourite of those, or or are actually you more of a beer man or a gin man, or or is whiskey your specialty? Well, whiskey is where I came from. So my my origin story in, in true superhero style. Love that. That's, um, almost, yeah, that's, was, that's uh, the lingo we like to use as well. <laughs> so that's all good. Um, when I back in the late 90s, I was back at university. Uh, I was studying computer science at Imperial College, and I worked in the union bar. And uh, one night, the union president, who was one of the bar managers, said, oh, none of you know about whiskey. I need to teach you about whiskey. And uh, made us drink the Diageo um, Classic Malts. And we got to Talisker, and I went, well, what's, what's this? This is better than the rum and cokes I've been drinking. Mm. And a lot of real ale. I, the, the beard thing is very much a... I didn't have a beard then. I had like a pretend sort of like invisible beard for my real ale drinking. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I tried Talisker and went, all right, Talisker 10, like that. Then tried Lagavulin 16 and I saw, I went, okay, I'm sold on this concept of whiskey now. This is my thing. And I continued working in the bar for a bit, went to go and work in IT. Uh, I was a computer programmer um, in the city for a, not for a bank, for a company made a lot of money out of banks. So I, I like to think that during the financial crash of the, the, you know, the downturn in the early 2000s, I left that in 2010, 11, 11, 2011. Um, we made money out of the banks when nobody else could. So that, that we did quite well. So, But no, I worked there for, for a decade and uh, my hobby was drinks. Uh, nice. Everything really, you know, beer and whiskey specifically, um, but everything else as well. And I gradually picked up interest, especially in tequila and mezcal, and then in rum and gin and all these sort of things. But whiskey was always my thing. So back actually 10 years ago yesterday, um, I did an event uh, called the Blaggers Banquet where a bunch of bloggers got together and we did a big um, 
charity event where we cooked for a load of people at Hawksmoor. They gave us Hawksmoor on a Sunday evening. We turned it into um, a um, banquet where everything was uh, donated because it's the bloggers, a blaggers situation where all bloggers are trying to get free stuff. We got free stuff and then did a charity event with it. <laughs> and um, I worked behind the bar and uh, I got, uh, I may have had a, a few beverages. And uh, I, I remember vaguely walking home. I have a picture somewhere of me holding up a bottle of coffee Galliano in front of the Diageo HQ building around the corner with, with me sort of like waving a middle finger at them as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, I know those, I know those people at Diageo now. I feel quite bad about it. Um, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I woke up the next morning with a hangover and a blog. It seems that I'd accidentally while drunk bought myself a domain and set up a blog on it. And my first Amazing. post, uh, my first post was November 23rd, 2010. Uh, 2009 uh, and so in May April end of April beginning of May uh, 2011 I quit my job uh, as a computer programmer I went to work for the Whiskey Exchange as a writer and junior general dog's body in a company of about maybe 30 or 40 people uh, we're now somewhere between 200 and 300 I'm not entirely wow. certain how many wow. we are at the moment because we have lots of seasonal staff and things like that uh, and um yeah, and so we've gone from a, a team of two writers, a tech guy, and a guy who made emails and did all the pretty pictures to a team which is now one of our flaws of our building is the marketing development and design team. We have loads of people working on creative content, not just me and my mate Tim, as it used to be. So it's been a bit of a weird thing, but I've, literally I'm a computer programmer who seems to have accidentally become a booze writer and presenter. Result, as far so, as I'm concerned. Fantastic. You know, Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook when he was drunk, apparently. So, you know. Yeah, well, good, good things can come out of being drunk. So that's all good. What have we started when we're drunk, Nick? I can just <laughs> never remember my one. So that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is your problem. Anyway, so, uh, B- Billy, you very kindly have, have sent us a few a few samples of some some whiskies, which we'd love to talk uh, talk about today. Yes. Um, Thank you very much. Three whiskies from the Whiskey Exchange. Yes, of which we will, of course, post links within our show notes and on social media. Now, if uh, I've learned from past Billy Abbott tastings, you start with the low ABV and then move up. Is that correct? <laughs> I haven't even actually checked the ABVs on these, actually, at the moment. So uh, I, we're probably not going to do that. We're going to base it on the start. We're going to start off with uh, some Loch Lomond, which I'm suspecting is the highest strength. It is. Yeah, yes, that's it about is. right. There we go. It is. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now, again, this is we've got three whiskies here. Um one of them is our Christmas malt, which is a big Christmassy dram, very specifically for Christmas. It's got a load of weight to it. In between, we've got our new Highland Reserve, um, we're calling it Highland Special Reserve. The name of this may have changed a few times during development, let's just say. Um, anyway, so the <laughs> Highland Special Reserve, um, and that is part of our personalizable labels bo- uh, collection, which I'll tell you about in a sec. And we also have our brand new exclusive. This is coming out on the 1st of December. So I don't know when this is going out, but uh, as we record, this is merely a twinkling in the future still. Um, and this is literally turned up in the last few days um, before I sent it out to you. It's like literally it landed. I emptied a bottle that day. Yeah. Nice. Um, I now have uh, an empty bottle, unfortunately, because I sent out the rest of it for people to try. <laughs> Fortunately, I am not a fool. And where's mine gone? No, that's not. Where is it? I had one. Oh, I've lost it. It's here somewhere. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've somewhere got a sample of this because I saved it because I really, really like it. Ever. So. Although, yeah, this Long Lomond. Actually... Yeah, as you said, you've only just got it because I couldn't find it anywhere. I've been trying to find some info on it today. Well, 
this is one of the useful things about Loch Lomond uh, for me is that I know the um, the folks there quite well, and um, I think I've drunk my sample. That's very upsetting. <laughs> It's just one of the perils of having lots of random whiskey on your desk is that every now and again you drink a thing you should... Did you do it oh, while no, you were I writing remember. a new blog last night, Billy, or something? <laughs> I left it in the other room because I managed to pour it into a glass the other day to drink it while having a chat with some friends on Zoom and then realised I shouldn't drink it because I'll speak to you guys about it. Anyway, I've got a tiny little bit left in the bottle, so that, that'll do me because I remember it pretty well. Whiskey! So let's kick it off with the Loch Lomond 2010. It's aged 10 years and bottled at 57.7% ABV. So, Loch Lomond is a distillery I may be a little bit of a fanboy for. Okay. Um, part of that is due to the fact that I've never seen distillery revive itself in such a fashion as these guys have over the past few years. Um, and when it revived itself, nobody re- really realised they had done so at first. And so when you gave them Loch Lomond's whiskies, you get a load of whiskey geeks getting very upset that you've made them drink Loch Lomond. And then also made them like it, which was ah, the best bit. Interesting, about them. Mm. Um, but no, also they're very, very versatile distillery. They make lots of different types of spirit. Um, and so, about I think it's now five years ago, something like that. They changed hands. Um, they used to be focused on blending, and all their whiskey disappeared off into uh, supermarket blends, mostly, you know, bottom shelf things. Not bad whiskies, but just not very interesting whiskies. And in order to do this and create these different characters, they made like fourteen different styles of spirit. So they had 14 different makes under different names oh, and also grain whiskey they made on site as well. Um, two different types of grain whiskey, actually, one of which is in the 14. Yeah, 14 right. plus a yeah, boring grain, which is actually really quite nice. And so, yeah, all these different things, mix them together. and But they, for their own whiskies, they were just what was left over, really. They didn't focus on those so much. When they changed hands... I had a chat with the blender and uh, Michael Henry, incredible blender who works with such a ridiculous range of things. And his comment was, um, I get to choose the things off the spreadsheet first now. And so all of a sudden they they changed around. And the people who bought it, at first we thought they're going to asset strip it or something like that. But they really just said, no, we want you to make amazing whiskey and make your name again. So this one is um, a single cask they, they've done for us. Um, they have these different makes. And the, the one which this one... I'm fairly certain is is Inch Murrin. Um, Inch Murrin is a brand they have anyway, and it's made using these very special straight neck pot stills. They call them. They rather than being like your know, classic swan necky thing, mm. it's a big cylinder with a flat top. Basically, mm. um, they look a bit like something called a Loman still, and people think sometimes they are Loman stills because it's Loch Lomond. They're not right. Loman stills. They're a different thing, and they're a little bit different. But these stills, they still distill to quite a high strength, and this one. It's a very narrow cut at a very high strength. So it's concentrated a lot of the flavors. It was made using a wine yeast, which is known for producing really, really large amounts of esters, which are like fruity characters in, in your uh, in your beer. And the cut is selected specifically to amplify the esters as well. It was a long ferment, 96 hour ferment, which produces a lot more esters. It's almost like they're trying to make it fruity. Mm. Oh. And as you may notice, if you stick your nose in the glass. Going to do that now. It's quite fruity. Really is. Yeah, I, I spilt some of this when I was pouring out the samples and uh, went away for a bit, went back to my desk in the office and the whole place stank of pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost rewrote I, the tasting notes. I sorted them all out. They're all ready to go. And I edited them to, to start with, if you like pina colada, and also some apples and other things. And I was told, no, Billy, no, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Oh, that's such a shame. That's a, that's genius as well. It just does oh. does it itself, doesn't it? Does it itself? But the reason, the main reason I took that out in the end though was they, they let me play around the taste notes. But when I went back to it in the glass, it was only when I spilt it all over my desk that I got that massive pina colada here. It's in there. It's a coconut and there's a pineapple, but. Yeah, but it's lots of. I'll leave you guys to talk about what you reckon before I start telling you things. No, I did a little bit of go this earlier on actually before um, special course, time. Of course, we call he it, did. We call yeah, it yeah, yeah, Nick's special time. I lit a candle. Nick's special and, uh, time. You know. <laughs> Scentless candle, otherwise that could confuse things. Nick. Anyway, you know, I blew it out just because of that. Um, <laughs> but I kind of got yeah fruitiness, but I kind of got a fresh cut grass thing for yeah. me as well. Like really strong, yes. hit me straight away. And there was this other scent which I couldn't pick out. And I went to my tasting kit and there was like a phenolic. Phenolic. Yeah. Good word. Kind of vibe. But I can't pick out exactly what. Um, I'm definitely getting a pineapple uh, <laughs> on the nose for sure. It's. Uh, oh, I love pineapple. Where is that? Are you, are you not getting that? Pineapple but, chunks. Definitely pineapple chunks. Yeah. Oh, the chunks. pineapple chunks and pineapple cubes. Those are you know, the sweets. Yes. yes. Because Absolutely. When you get that estuary thing, it's often not the actual pure, real pineapple. It's the it's the fake pineapple smell that's made on the New Jersey Turnpike and injected into the sweets. You know, it's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's and, and weirdly, the coloration of this is 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 quite apt as well for for the pineapple cubes. Yeah. Um, but the thing that, that cut grass thing for me as well, it's it's got a freshness to it. It has that. See, for me, it's come across almost like pine as well as that grass. And that phenolic yeah. thing, it's almost like, it's not quite a clovey thing in there, but it almost sort of like feels like it's leaning towards that. It's that sort of spicy sort of side for me. Mm. Like green grass and, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can't find that pineapple. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, they're, 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 the cut, as Nick said it, the cut grass is definitely there as that's well. What, that's there's what a, knocked my head off straight away. There's, there's, the there's a freshness to it, isn't there, on the nose. There's mm. a, it, it's... Which which uh, which I really quite like. Um, Again, this is one that if you if you leave it in the glass for a bit, if you let it sort of like think about what it's done, you'll probably get a little bit more of that, <laughs> that pineapple thing. As you get the oxygen in there, a little bit of that pineiness will calm, you know, that grassiness will calm down. But yeah, it, it's one of those ones. But again, it comes down to different people's perceptions. I'm massively sensitive to estuary things, which is good because I like fruity whiskey. It's right. the reason why you'll see the words gummy bears appear in many of my tasting notes because I also love a gummy bear. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it doesn't. But that fake fruit you get in those gummy bears and wine gums and all that sort of thing, that fruitiness, that's a really sort of classic estuary sort of thing. But right, pineapple yeah. and mango and... I yeah. pick up the fake banana note a lot, you know, mm. and stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. Those, bone bananas. Those bone yeah. banana sweets. It's, it's an acetate, I think. that one. But it's, it's very much a... There's very specific compounds that come through esters and other bits of development in fermentation, which are then... Sorry, I'm, I, I forgot to mention, I'm a massive geek. Anyway, <laughs> um, when, it, when it comes to the science side of whiskey, it's one of those things I've been learning a lot about over the past few years. I've been talking about whiskey, talking about flavour and what it is and things like that and how it's made. But I'm starting to understand those processes a lot more. I've been doing a load of work. I, um, I'm a trainer. I'm a qualified trainer for the uh, for WSET, One of Spirits Educational Trust uh, qualifications. I've got a load more training to do in two weeks' time. I'm learning about sake, and then I'm being trained to be a better trainer than I am already. Oh, but um but a lot of stuff we do with that is talking about where the flavors come from scientifically. And, you know, the generation of these esters in the stills, how that happens, the generation of esters in cask, oxidative flavors, where these things come from. And this is all focused around those, that ester production, which is from the yeast, it's from the long fermentation, the still itself, the way that the still is run and builds those flavors. And then you stick it in a cask. And this is from a bourbon barrel. So this first fill bourbon barrel. 
So that's where you're getting those coconuts and vanillary sort of notes on, on the, especially on the palate. Yeah, for sure. But all, but it's, it's also was it eight, nine, nine years old, eight, ten years old. January 2010 to September 2020. So it's it's ten years old. It hasn't even those first fill barrels. So a small cask. Um, is it a barrel? Fresh out the barrel, Nick. Fresh out the barrel. Oh, yeah. First fill bourbon barrel. I thought it was. Um, Box fresh. Box fresh. (laughs) But it has this thing of like, it's fresh bourbon cut, so it's got all those extra flavors, but it hasn't been overpowered by it. It hasn't gone down the old vanilla custard route or anything like that. It's still got all that fruit in there. And it's just giving it a bit more time to build that, to round off the edges. Um, So I quite like this. You might be able to tell. Yeah, Yeah. no, this is... Do do you know this is one of the, the first times where on the palate, I've noticed a lot of what was on the nose. Mm-hmm. Norm- normally, something sometimes you smell a whiskey, and 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 Billy, we still are quite new at this, so I may say sometimes say things which are quite naive. But sometimes we we smell a whiskey, and then um, when we taste it, it's so completely removed from from what you've smelt. Whereas this, you still are, especially on the finish, getting that that pineapple sweet thing uh, on the finish as well, which doesn't always happen. I got um, that pineapple then. At the end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The pineapple cubes, the tough ones. It's all yeah. on here. Yeah, really strong. That's, oh, that's lovely. It all comes out. This is part of the way that we actually perceive flavours. And this is something which I'm endlessly fascinated by. I uh, got a new book the other day by Harold McGee, who is the, the king of, uh, of food science from back in the day. And he's now got a book all about smell. Um, where's he gone? Here we go. So it's literally sat in my pile next to my desk. It's called Nosedive. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's all about the science of, of aroma. That's and a big old book as well. Oh, it, the science <laughs> of, on food and cooking is a similar thing. I sat down at Christmas the year I got it and, and read about eggs. I got, <laughs> I got through the egg chapter over Christmas. Fantastic. Uh, it's quite uh, geeky. But no, again, the way we sort of taste and smell, it's all about the aroma. It's about that what you get in your nose is the nuance. What you get in your tongue is the broad... Mm. swaths of flavor mm. and so it's when you combine the two of them when you take a sip of it that's when you'll be able to pull apart all those different bits and get that whole thing so if it's mainly aroma that you're detecting then there'll be a lot more similarity between smelling and tasting because that's where that focus will be and it all depends on you know the, you two guys you, know, you have very very different sensitivities to different things and so that's why it'll change when you get it in your mouth uh, yeah. absolutely that's something i've i've thought a couple of weeks ago when, when we were doing a tasting the saliva coming out and then mixing with the whiskey that must have an effect with it as well inside the mouth that you might not get in the nose straight away unless maybe you add water i don't know yeah exactly that you know it's one of the weird things is that you know when you put a whiskey when you're nosing a whiskey you're getting pure aroma you're not really getting anything from your tongue and while when you drink a whiskey the flavor feels like it comes from your tongue the flavor is actually a combination of the whole of your mouth it's the texture it's your nose and everything all of these things and your brain says oh the sensation will come from your tongue because brains are awesome and it's just it does you know and so part of that is the this reason why the drinking experience people can make this big kind about oh if you if you can't smell a whiskey then you don't get the full experience it's like well no you smell it from inside your mouth as well it, it floats around the back of your palate of course and you're not you're not really when you're drinking a whiskey you're not getting your nose in the glass as you're sipping it that's not where those mm. things are coming from but then you have the saliva so the reaction of the whiskey with your mouth will cause you to salivate more or less you then have the texture of the whiskey which you'll be able to touch you know your, your tongue has got touch sensors in it mm. and so tasting a whiskey you start with your eyes you see it and that will give preconceptions and that will color the appearance you've got nose yeah, you, know, you smell. You've got taste. 
you've got touch. Sound, that's the thing you don't necessarily get directly from a whiskey. But if they play sounds in the background, it can change your perception as well. That's interesting. Tasting, it right. really is a full, all of your senses thing. So having having the, the sweet tones of your voice in my ear while I'm dr- drinking this whiskey oh. may affect how I actually am tasting it compared to if I was just listening to Nick's voice in my ears. Well, it depends if I'm telling you you're tasting pineapple now as well. <laughs> There's an element of that. Yeah. Um, this one, as this uh, the Lot Lomond, is getting creamier for me as as we're yeah. talking. Um, so I'm I'm picking up more of the creaminess both on the nose and and on the palate. The, the nose may be affected by the fact we've now had it on the tongue as well. But I'm yeah. definitely uh, definitely getting a creamier vibe. You getting that, Nick? No, I was getting a kind of peppery vibe at the uh, end for me. But I don't know whether it's maybe it's because it was a well, fifty-seven point seven percent. There might have been a yeah, burn yeah. from the alcohol of that one, but it's a little bit pokey. And again, actually, both of those could be coming from the oak as well. The it's the first fill bourbon cask. So that is a bourbon cask which has been dumped of bourbon, come over. First thing it's been filled with in Scotland is this whiskey. And that means there's a load of vanillins still in the wood, but there's also a load of woody spice sort of mm-hmm. notes in the wood. So the vanillins, when they pull out, often they'll express themselves as creamier notes. And the spicy notes in there, you know, phenolics and things like that, they're in the wood. They'll often come out as sort of clovey things or peppery things mm-hmm. and things like that. You get that. So both of those things are things which could come from the cask, which if you leave it in the glass for a little bit, as the as the as more vaporization, as those immediate aromas start sort of settling down, you start tasting the underlying stuff a bit more. For sure, for sure. Um, so Nick was Nick was right. We could he couldn't find he does all the research here. I'm not going to claim to do any of it. Um, he couldn't find much information about this one. But what is this one retailing at? What 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 are we looking at with this? What's the damage, Billy? What's the damage? This one, when it does come out, um, should be £62.95, but that's uh, it's not coming out until the 1st of December, which is a week or so's time, so that might be adjusted a little bit up or down, but it should be about 63 to £65. Fantastic. And for a single-cast whiskey, that's pretty good value, right? I would say that's pretty I good value. I would say so. I, uh, I will admit, I thought this was going to be a bit pricier, uh, which is the reason why I've said it may be a little bit pricey when yeah. it comes out because I, I, you know, we put an asterisk next yeah. to that. However, the bottle which I uh, I have here is the bottle. But every time we get a whiskey in uh, from one of our exclusives, where we're setting the price, it's our whiskey. Um, we uh, the boss tries it. So Sikinder Singh, who is the co-founder of Whiskey Exchange, he tries every single one of our exclusives. Of course, um, he does. One to check it and just to make sure he's, he's set it at the right price for the quality. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, the problem we have at the moment is every now and again things go up in pro- up in price because he tries them and goes, "Oh, that's a lot better than I was thinking it was going to be." <laughs> <laughs> and that, that goes from being very good to really very good indeed. We, he's he's very fortunate that. The Whiskey Exchange have a really great stock of casks, which the Kinder's laid down over the years, which are now managed by a, a mate of mine. And we've got some really great whiskey. And one of the things when you choose these single casks is you try from a sample. You know, I, I, on my desk at the moment, I've got a stack of sample bottles, you know, little plastic bottles, yeah. which a bit are drawn and sent down to us for us to check against the, you know, what you want a bottle. And when you get the actual bottle, it sounds to be just the same as a cast sample, but more often than not, you know, it's a single cast. So if they haven't swelled the whiskey around properly, it might have sort of like separated out a bit in the cast. So you only get one bit of the cask. And when you get the whole cask, all of a sudden you get the proper, this is what the bottle is. And that's the point where you know exactly what the whiskey's like. And that's why you always try them, one before we price them, but two before we put them out there. Because there's been whiskeys we've got in and gone, that's not right. That's, that's not the sample we had. That's not we and those are whiskies that haven't been bottled, or they've gone back to other projects, or they've mm. been vatted into sort of blended whiskies and blended malts. But no, it's all about trying that final whiskey. And so, 
But now this one um, is good value. Uh, I was thinking it's going to be more expensive. I will be purchasing one of these uh, when the, the joys of my December pay packet come in. Because <laughs> that's when it launches. Yeah. It's almost I, like we know when people get paid and that's I, when we launch things. I, I'm not going to oh. lie, Billy. I am very, very impressed with that with that price range for the quality of that whiskey as well. That yeah, was a real, That's a real treat. Thanks for sending us that one. Thank you. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast. So what other delights have yeah. we got in front of us? Number two. Tell us about the Highland Special Reserve Single Malt. Um, bottled at 46%. One of the things people do a lot at the moment is personalised bottles of various different types. One of the things we wanted to do was to make things a little bit easier uh, and also for a sort of different style of bottle. So we have these ones, which the, the bottle I have here in front of me um, has no main label. It just has a little label at the bottle you're telling what it is. The main label you design. Basically, we have some designs. You choose your words. We stick it on the label. So fully personalised label. Nice. And um, that's obviously easier than engraving, right? A <laughs> lot easier than engraving. Also cheaper than engraving yeah exactly um and uh so we have like nine designs i think we got i guess up to 11 at christmas time we got a few christmassy ones as yeah, well they're cool designs i was having a look earlier yeah we released uh our seventh one i think today so i think we've got seven up at the moment we released a 45 year old uh, blended malt um and they go they start at this one the harness special reserve comes in at 50 quid a bottle all the way up to our 45 year old blended malt at 450 pounds a bottle Wow, well, for that, no difference. That, no difference. And the thing about these, and the reason why what we think sets us apart from other folks who do these personalised bottles, personalised labels, things like that, because other folks do it as well, is that all of these whiskies are things that we would have selected for ourselves to sell under our own labels anyway. These are not whiskies that we're selling, which are you know cheap whatever whiskies, which we're just sticking a label on. These are single casks or small batches or whatever that we have chosen specifically to release and then have said, which project should it go to? Oh, this one should go to um, our whiskey exchange single casks. These ones should go to our personalised whiskey. Mm-hmm. This one should go to our Christmas malt. This one should go to our Black Friday whiskey. Lots of different things. Um, but this one uh, is specifically what we wanted to do because our whiskies were starting at um, 70 quid a go for a 10-year-old Isla or uh, a 10-year-old Speyside. We want to do something a little bit more affordable. Uh, so this is uh, no age statement. Uh, this is a whiskey from... The only thing I can say about it is that it is from Ben Nevis Distillery, oh. um, which we say on the, the page. We don't say it on the label. We don't make a big thing about the distillery for any of these whiskies, but we do tell you where it's from if we can. Right, um, and this is—it's um, not massively old Ben Nevis, I can say that, but it's not massively young Ben Nevis either. Um, and the point of it uh, is to be an affordable, personalizable whiskey, but also Ben Nevis is really good. Mm. We are big fans of Ben Nevis at the company at the moment. Uh, I was just tasting one for our next batch of single casks, which might even be out by the time this goes live. Oh. <laughs> um, literally, they arrived today uh, in the office. I've just, that's the cast samples I've been waving around of those that I've been writing notes for. Yeah. So, Ben ooh. Nevis is one of the distilleries I've been to. I had a great time on the tour and uh, brought a couple of bottles home with me a few years ago. Again, another one of these ones where until recently they didn't get loads of love. You know, Their whiskey was known for being okay and all this sort of business. But in the last few years, all of a sudden, they found something hiding in their warehouse and it's just exploded, especially the whiskey geeks. I'm, I'm part of a, a number of little whiskey geek groups out there. And there's one which I have oh, it's on my monitor there at the moment. It's a, a WhatsApp group. And there's a guy in it who is just known for, if a Ben never appears, he buys it. 
Mm. And I posted a picture of the uh, the sample label today to them. Said, "Oh, this is coming out soon. By the way, I think you'll be interested in this, Olivier." And they went, "Oh yes, the seventeen hundred series of cars are especially good." And so, yeah, <laughs> nineteen ninety six and the seventeen hundred early seventeen hundred cars. This is seventeen oh nine or something like that. They are known to be great whiskies. Right. Okay, and it's down to that level with Ben Nevis now, real geeks. So we have some other Ben Nevis. We we picked it up before this current craze sort of kicked off, and so. Uh, this is uh, a vatting of, I can't remember, I think it's a couple of casks, um, but it's matured in sherry. So this is the sort of the beginning of our weightier two drams. Uh, this one's bottled down at 48%. Uh, we knocked it down a little bit to make it more approachable. Again, this is a, it's a gifting whiskey. And if you're giving someone a bottle of whiskey and you don't know if they're used to big old cast strength monsters, you don't want to give them a 60% whiskey and say, here's a so present. So they just put burn right their off. nose off. Yeah. So this is absolutely solid great whiskey from ben nevis which you can turn into a gift really easily at a decent price yeah. and that's what we're going for it's got a, a, a very very strong smell um it, it, it's yeah. it, it's darker than the uh than the lot loman um on on the eyes but the smell i mean as soon as you put your nose in that you you know it <laughs> you do it's, uh you can get the sherry influence yeah off the bat sherry and, and, and the fruit cake apple for me as well mm, yeah definitely I mean, it goes down that sort of baked apple route as well, you know, yeah. stick a load of brown sugar on it. Exactly, yeah, a bit caramelised. I'm thinking of uh, one, one of Nick Kent's uh, barbecue banana specials as well in this oh, as really? well, Nick. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Based, on the, based on the smells I'm getting. I also get something a little bit darker. I get like a, a leathery edge to it as well. Yes, yes. I was literally just about, that was literally on the tip oh, of my okay, tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a darker smell than the lot lemon as well, less, less yeah. of the sweet fruit. This is exact opposite. You know, well, Ben Nevis is also quite a fruity spirit. Um, and they, you know, they properly sometimes go with the one which I've been, to, <coughs> excuse me, doing notes for today. That's got a load, a hint of gummy bear in there, not too much, but a bit of pineapple in there as well. But also loads of that orchard fruit appley thing, and then it has all these sort of elegant other notes in there, a bit of spice. This one has got a load of the sherry in there. This, the sherry's definitely had a big impact. Yeah. yeah, but you still have that appley, fruity thing underneath. Yeah, but we, we have a load of spice in there as well. There's a oh, lot yeah. of spice in here. Now the, the cast have definitely had their. Uh, have their wicked way with this spirit. Oh, that's really smooth. That's really smooth. Wow. Ah, uh, I can't even. Mm. I've not had anything like this before. I've actually got chocolate straight away. Yeah. Uh, sort of like um, that, that has that sort of slightly creamy texture, sort of like buttery thing going mm. on. And when you start mixing that with stuff, that, that fruity sort of milk chocolatey sort of thing comes through really nicely. That's so interesting. That's genuinely unlike any, and that's completely the opposite. I was not expecting that from the smell. There's a flavour there and I can't place it. Citrusy edge on the edge of the tongue. As there well. is a bit of grapefruit. Is it grapefruit? Oh, that's point. Yeah, yeah, it might be actually. It has that citrusy sort of thing. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a massive grapefruit fan and uh, I normally pick it out, but no, no, no. Yeah, I think yeah. it might have that. Yeah, it's got that citrus, but it's not a sweet citrus. It's that breakfast grapefruit yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I usually but, avoid, but it's nice here. <laughs> it's really nice. It's almost got like, you know, it's got a bit of a Christmas pudding thing in there as well. It has that big thing. But it's almost like Christmas pudding with uh, with single cream on it. Because it has that creamy thing. Just it's single. not quite custard. <laughs> Just the single cream. Oh, it's, it's rule one of tasting notes. If you, if you can do like a, a word to describe a thing, mm. always add the topper, you know. Oh, yeah. oh it's, it's got cream. No, no, no. Single cream. Single cream. Single cream. Because single cream will seep into the pudding more than the double cream. It does. And this is the thing for the, the reason why I'm saying single cream for this is if you have a bit of Christmas pudding and it is still hot and you have that big sort of like, you know, fruity thing in the middle, fruit and spice, 
when you put like double cream and stuff on it, as you say, it doesn't sink in. It just sits on the top. With this, it's in there. It's, it's, it's properly melded with it and properly soaked in. The, the Christmas pudding thing could not be more appropriate. This is a perfect Christmas gift for that very reason, isn't it? Almost to the point where I was thinking, you should add this to your Christmas pudding. Like, but then, but then, but then you're like, well, if it already tastes like it, you probably probably doesn't need to be added to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is delightful. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm again. It's one of those ones where I knew it was coming. We, this was delayed. The joy, the, the joys of the current situation to 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 elude um, means that we've had lots of delays in the things we've been trying to put together. This was meant to be out. Uh, we were hoping to have it ready for Father's Day. And for various reasons, it's just not been possible to get it done as fast as we wanted. And so we're saying, look, we have to have this for Christmas because this is perfect. I hadn't Christmas. tried at this point in time. Yeah, literally, the uh, look, the boss had done the selections on it, and it was like, it's it's really good for Christmas. And it turned up like you know, a few weeks back, we ran it through, got on the website nice and quick. Um, it's really little annoying things like it's a slightly different bottle shape to all of our personal other personalized whiskeys so we had to fiddle the website to make sure we could do the previews prop again oh, it's yeah. previewing things it's so annoying but um but yeah so all it went through we got it up and i finally got to try it then i, I just heard t- stories of it and i need to do it so i could write the tasting notes and it's just like oh Thank God for that. This is this, this is exactly what I really wanted it to be. You know, we didn't yeah. have a big sherry cast whiskey in our in our lineup. We had some, you know, little bits of sherry here and there of the various bottlings we've done. But this one does what it needs to do. And again, it's one of those ones where, as a whiskey, it's not going to be many people who don't like this. It's a very very nailed on whiskey person present. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's just incredible value. 50, 50 quid for the per and does that include the personal touch? Oh yeah, yeah, all the personalization, the, the, the label, everything like that. And uh, if you want, uh, no, it comes with the yeah, it comes with the tube as well. So it comes in a pack in a little little purple whiskey exchange tube. So it's, it looks pretty as well. That's that's, that's yeah, fantastic value. It is. It's only one yeah. of nine hundred bottles. Is that right? Yeah, so all of these whiskies, rather than being like ongoing ones, they are just single casts, or in this case, a small batch. And when they're gone, they're gone, and we bring in another one. So we're on to our second uh, Isla one. We've just brought in our first 10-year-old um, Space Ida. We just ran out. At the moment, there's a gap. If you if you look on the on the list of things we have at the moment, we have currently got, we got seven, but we go 10. We've got no age statement for this one. 10, 10, lovely, 12, 21. There's a gap between 12 and 21 because we just sold out of our uh, 15-year-old or 18-year-old. I can't remember which one it was now. And we're now sourcing another cast to slot in another one in there. So these are just, you know, 290, 250, 340, 450 bottles. These are all single casks, apart from this one, which is a Vatting. That one was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's one of these ones where I knew it was going to be good because the boss kept on coming over to tell me whenever I came to the office, he's like, is that in yet? It's like, no, not yet. We're still waiting on this annoying bit of logistics. It's like... It's good. Your life. Because <laughs> while whilst the Kinder may be a uh, you know a whiskey collector well known for having one of the scariest whiskey collections in the world, um, people who came to the whiskey show, the virtual whiskey show, I carried a laptop around the room I to film that. his collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It killed my shoulders, but at the same time, <laughs> it was a great tour though. Enjoyed that. I absolutely loved it, despite the fact I had to go and have a lie down afterwards. Um, but uh, he's an incredible collector of whiskey. He's very knowledgeable about them. But he's also a whiskey drinker. He he loves whiskey. And so, yeah, many whiskeys I've tried have been things that he's brought over to me and said, Billy, try this. And I go, oh, and I'm not going to like it. It's like, no, trust me, try this. Yeah. I'm busy at the moment. I'll come back tomorrow. Comes back next day. Billy, have you tried this yet? 
and you know he, he really can pick them and uh, so yeah this was one of those ones where he told me it was good and then it was even better than I thought it was going to be Slauncher Morning Jorga not that one. Oh god great so to finish off we have a fine Christmas malt 2020 aged 19 years and bottled at 44.5% ABV it says it's for Christmas, so I'm expecting spiciness. So every year we do um, a Christmas malt. This is our third, third, third one. Again, we, we do certain special occasions like Black Friday, um, which is only a couple of days away whilst we record. <laughs> um, we release a whiskey at six o'clock in the morning. We don't tell anybody about it beforehand. It's a whiskey that goes up at six in the morning. For Black Friday, we do one offer and only one offer. And it is a bottle of whiskey, which we don't tell anybody about until the moment that we release it. And it is a good whiskey at a good price. And it's not massively, massively cheap or anything like that. It's a fair price for the whiskey. It'll be a little bit cheaper than normal. We just make sure we got a good deal on it. Uh, and we've done four of those now. And after the first year of Black Friday, we went, right, next year we do another Black Friday. We're going to do a Christmas whiskey as well. <laughs> and so we did a fine Christmas malt. And so uh, the uh, editorial team sat down um, without me because I was busy doing some other stuff and wrote poetry to go on the label. Uh, the next year, I was poetry coordinator because I, uh, our editorial team have very, very talented writers. And uh, so I just merely asked them to write bits of poetry. I bolted them together. Uh, <laughs> and we did it again this year as well. This is actually the combination of all the different bits of words on it are a combination of all, uh, all four of us, the three in the editorial team and myself, come up with sort of like, you know, try to, again, through what we write on the bottle, trying to express a little bit about the year. And this year it's all about, you know, people being together no matter if you're actually together. So we're trying to do a little bit of that there. Um, and uh, yeah, so we put out this Christmas more every year. Uh, and it's a different one each time. Uh, the first year was big, rich, dark sherry. Last year was a lot lighter, which shocked a few people because they thought Christmas has to be a big, dark thing. And this year we've gone not quite as heavy as the first year, not as light as the second year, <laughs> a little bit in between. We've also got something a little bit different. It's a blended malt this year. So rather than being a single malt whiskey, it's a single, uh, well, it's a vatting of a few casks of blended malt. So we didn't do the blend. There are loads of blends out there and this is if you if you are a whiskey geek and you see 19 year old blended malt you'll know what i'm talking about there is a load of them out there at the moment uh, years and years ago they made this big vatting and they filled it into lots of sherry casks and then they sold all the individual sherry casks uh, the company who did it and so there's lots of these individual casks everyone's slightly different but based on that same original vatting of whiskies so big and sherried but all of them slightly different I've, I've got another one in the other room a sister cask of this and i sent the guy who bottled it, a sample of this, and we've been chatting about it. We're going to do a head-to-head -head later on, nice. see, see which one's which. But all of them are slightly different. But while they're really heavily sherried, they also have this other side to them, a fresher side as well. We're trying to get that. We don't want it to be just big, rich sherry and nothing else. We just want this to be something else in there as well. And so with the, uh, the Loch Lomond and with the Highland Reserve, sorry, Special Reserve, one of the things we also talk about the Whiskey Exchange is the spirit character. We want to be able to taste where it's from. And so the Loch Lomond, you can definitely taste where it's from. If you gave me that Loch Lomond blind, I would tell you it's Irish or Loch Lomond. It's one of those ones where the character of it is one of those things you can tell. With that other one, that Highland Reserve, you can tell it's a Ben Nevis, despite the fact it has that sherry on top. This one's a blended malt, so we don't know where it's from. We don't know where the components are. There are a selection of different whiskies from different malt whiskey distilleries in here. It's all malt. Wow. There's no grain in it, but it's different distilleries. So we're trying to instead sort of express... 
you know, that idea, all these different things, that skill of blending mixed with that sherry thing. It's all about balance. On the eyes, it's, it's quite dark. Yeah, darker than the others. Yeah. Beautiful colour. I will admit, part of that was was us going last year, we'll go, your, your, your Christmas whiskey's very light. Like, <laughs> oh, dearie me. And this is one thing I was saying about the drinking of whiskey is about all the senses. It's not just about nose and taste and touch even. Mm. You see it. And when you see it, you have certain expectations. Um, you, you'll have an idea of what it tastes, and it will enhance the experience. If you have a cloudy, slightly scummy whiskey, that's not going to taste as nice, even if it tastes exactly the same. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's all about the experience. Um, these bottles are also wax-sealed, so they look very, very pretty when we uh, give them. Oh, beautiful. Um, and also, this year, we were discussing how to do it. We were talking about doing a split label on the front and things like that. We've moved the label on the back down, give a nice big area at the back, and if you want, you can get it engraved as nice. well. Nice. So you can do nice, nice. presenty things with it. Yeah, we're quite proud of our, our strange pseudo-rhyming poetry and, and interesting. there's an interesting meter to the poetry on the back, which we may have discussed for significantly too long, <laughs> considering I'm a computer programmer and I work with a bunch of actual proper writers rather than a pretend writer like me. Um, I wrote the front one, so I'm quite happy. Um if I did have to go through about 10 iterations with the boss before he was happy. So again, it was a Skinner, the boss of the company sat there and we discussed the poetry on the label with him to make sure that he liked it. He's a little bit hands-on. So, you know, that's great. Though. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, this is the most Christmassy of the three for me, I think. Yeah. Is it has that, it has that big mm. sort of spicy Christmas pudding, you note the last one. Yeah. But there's more going on in there as well. There's, there's more of that for me, that sort of clovey thing. But there's also some fresher apple notes and fresh orchard fruit, a bit of baked apple as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I'm getting that. Yeah. A bit of pine. Um, the, mm. the piney thing was yeah. not necessarily an intentional thing to try and evoke Christmas trees, but we, we got it in the sample and went, good, excellent. That's, <laughs> that's what we want. That, that'll definitely do for a Christmas malt. Absolutely, getting that as well. I'm, getting, right. I'm getting some uh, buttered popcorn in there as well. Oh, orange peel. For me, I get this. Um, yeah. If I talk about close studded orange pomanders, if that means anything to you, as um, nothing to me. Is it, uh, James Acaster, fantastic comedian, talks about the Chris Tingle in one of his uh, one of his sets, which right. starts getting very strange as James Acaster stuff often does. But basically, uh, an orange studded with cloves with a candle stuck on top. Oh yeah, yeah. as a so yeah, um, that has a little bit of that for me. It has that orange uh, and clove thing. Yes. maybe not the candle. It doesn't have that waxy candle thing that some whiskies do, but. Yeah, the orange and clove thing's definitely there for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because we haven't. Yeah, we have released it, so I have a look at my tasting notes. Because I was saying about how they give me a little bit of a free run sometimes on the notes. The Christmas one and the Black Friday one. I've been a little bit calmer on the Black Friday normally than this than previous years. Yeah. Um, but I get a chance to really go to town on the notes and indulge my my my. My tasting note writing a little bit more than I would do normally. <laughs> I, tr I try and reel it back in a little bit. Um, yes, the, it, when the first line of your nose is, it's almost Christmas and it's time to bake. That's the point in time that you know, maybe you realise that, uh, yeah, I used to be a computer programmer. I have no idea how it's all gone wrong. All right. So, oh dear. All right, let me yeah. get, my, uh, get my lips around this. Yeah, I'm getting more yeah. kind of spiced apples and cinnamon on this. It's not quite a McDonald's apple pie, but um, mm. that kind mm. of vibe. Yeah, this is def this is definitely one of those uh, round the fireplace whiskies, isn't it? It's cozy. It's cozy yeah. tasting. This that's exactly what this is. This has that uh, that welcoming country pub vibe to it, doesn't it? 
So it's not mm. quite as it's not quite as soft. You know, I, I, I hate the word smooth normally when I talk about whiskey, but recently I started using it again when I talk about the texture of a whiskey on the tongue. This yeah. doesn't have the smoothness of the previous one. The previous one was like, you know, drinking butter almost. Yeah, exactly. This one's got a little bit of spice. It's got that little bit of grip to the tongue and from mm. like that. It lets you know it's there. It's only 44.5%, so it's not really over the top, but it has that nice little spiciness to it. It's it's not quite as... I say drinking butter is definitely the, the last one. I, I quite like drinking butter. I'm not Me allowed too. to drink more for, for, for <laughs> health reasons. Christmas Day, you can drink some butter. It's fine. Uh, well, so if my doctor finds out, I'll be very upset. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, absolutely yeah but the, the, you can even now now we've even we're talking about it i'm take i've got the melted butter on my tongue and, and I'm in the nose <laughs> it's now framing it's now framing my tasting um well looking at my nose one of the things i said about it was apple and pear jam uh spread thickly on slices of lightly buttered fruit loaf so not malt loaf but that's sort of like you know the almost like fruit light fruit cake but loafy mm. nice little bit of proper butter on it nice sort of apple and pear jam on top and it's, it has that sort of fresher sort of buttery yeasty side to it but it also has that sort of datey christmas cakey sort of like thickness to it yeah absolutely you've got at the end there, dusted with tingling cinnamon sugar as well and i can definitely yes. feel that oh I do, I do love a tingle in my tasting notes so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i do you know what i can't pick a favorite of these three no, nor, nor me. And this is one of my uh, annoyances when I... Uh, one of the awful things about my horrible, horrible job. Oh, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Get the violins out. Get the violins out. These three, they're both... They're, they show three different aspects of what we try and achieve. Um, mm. We are, at heart, uh, the folks who work with the spirits at the shop, at, in our shops in London, online, who write about it. We love flavour. And we want to show different flavors and different philosophies, of whiskey making and flavor. So the Loch Lomond is about the spirit, about the character of the distillery. You can taste that and, and allying it and not hiding it behind cask. The next one was showing that you can use a cask to enhance the spirit, but still keep that character in there, balance them out. This one is showing the art of blending, taking different flavors from different places, from the cask, from the spirits, bringing them together and creating something that fills a brief. The brief is taste like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and we've take, we've chosen a whiskey that actually fits that thing, and it's you know it's doing that. And to, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show people really great flavors, you know, in whatever way we can. I think this may be my that my favorite blend I've ever had. Not that I'm that experienced with blends. Again, this is a blended malt, and this is the thing to be sort of you know the distinguishing between them. You know, grain whiskey, regular blend blends. Uh, I won't hear a word against because. When I talk to people about the difficulty of choosing things. So, example, that Loch Lomond is the easiest thing for us to bottle. Someone right. gives us four sample bottles and they say, which one is best? You go, this one is best. And you go, brilliant, I'll stick it in a bottle. There we go, right. chosen, yeah. done. A blend, you sit there going, right, what do we want to make? We want to take a whiskey that tastes like this. Right, how do we get there? Here is 60 different component bl- <laughs> you know, parts. Now mix them together in a precise recipe to create the flavor that is best and is better than the sum of the parts. Oh, now you need to ramp that up to be, rather than just 60 different casks, to be 20,000 casks and still taste nice. So blends are a very, very different thing, much more skill actually often involved in creating a really good one. But blended malt like this, this is one of those ones where this comes down to the luck of the single cask almost, in that they made a good blend years ago and vassed it into good casks. Right. And we then chose good casks. We, our skill here is choosing whiskies 
that we can see will become good over time. Yeah. So we buy this stuff and we leave it for a few years and we go, we chose wisely. Or yeah. occasionally, oh my God, we chose poorly. How the hell can, <laughs> what, what do we do now? And there's things you can do, you know, it's, it's all about making whiskey better. People talk about finishing whiskey is cheating because you take a bad product, make it good. No, no, you take a product that's not as good as it could be mm. and you make it better. Right. And that's what we're doing with these, when we buy a cask, if, if it was really good then, we'd bottle it then. Yeah. You buy it and it's not as good as it could be. And then you see how it develops and then you help it to become mm. as good as it could be. In the case of this one, we didn't do very much. We just left it in a cask, waited for a bit, tried it every now and again, and went, "Yeah, that'll do." Job done. Job yeah. done. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks very much for talking us through those. I, uh, yeah, I can't decide which one I want to get for Christmas. All of them. Uh, if anyone, if anyone, if anyone well, is listening, uh, the, one, the one I would say is uh, the Christmas malt, uh, based on the sales of it, um, and last year was the best one. We sold out at two in the afternoon on Christmas Eve. Wow. Oh. When it comes to timing for a Christmas, no, sorry, that was two years ago. Uh, we sold out Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, just around the time we had our cutoff date for uh, sort of like uh, sort of like deliveries after, you know, by New Year. And it's just like, whew, we don't have to sell Christmas after Christmas. Uh, we had a few bottles left over uh, after Christmas last year. Uh, this year, it looks like at the moment we may not. So uh, if you want one, get in there before Christmas. Absolutely. Um, well, thanks very much for, for giving us your time. You've been very generous with your yeah, time there you. and, and your, oh, and your no, expertise. You. I'm, I hope that we get to do this again with you uh, at some point. Um, because, yeah, th- I mean, these, are, these were three great whiskies and, uh, and I've learned a hell of a lot about the process as well. So, uh, so thanks very much. Oh, cool. Let's say thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, giving me an excuse to actually do some talking about whiskey of an evening. It's always good. Oh, thanks very much for, for coming Cheers. on. Cheers. This is the Whiskey God, reminding you to please always drink responsibly. What a dude. That was fun. Yes, thanks very much, Billy. What a wonderful man he is. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed. We spent about an, well over an hour with him, actually. Yeah, didn't well we? over Nick, an hour. Well over. Unfortunately, we have to chop a fair chunk of that out to fit on the podcast. But don't worry. Don't worry. Just head over to our Patreon page where you can watch the full video. And there's a lot more that we talk about as well. And you learn a hell of a lot from Billy. Yeah. And that's on patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things. Uh, come and get involved. Yes. You can follow Mr. Billy Abbott on Instagram at meet robot, as in steak, not I'd like to meet a robot. <laughs> and on Twitter, he's at cowfish. Again, like steak. Um <laughs> So, yeah, and uh, the Whiskey Exchange's Instagram and Twitter are both at Whiskey Exchange. And they're also on Facebook as well. They've got a bunch of videos that uh, Billy hosts on there, um, tastings, etc. And they also have those kind of videos on YouTube as well. So just search for the Whiskey Exchange. Also, you can just go to thewhiskeyexchange.com to find out more as well. Um, we'll be putting the links to all the whiskies we've tasted today in the description. And remember, if you purchase them from the Whiskey Exchange, well, they're the only people who do these whiskies. Um, using the links we provide, you'll be helping out the show as well. Yes, please do. I, I really loved all three of these whiskies. I think, I think I want to say that the Highland Special Reserve was probably my favourite. Oh yeah, just because it was so drinkable. It was. I, they're all incredible. They're all really good. But I can imagine, especially for a gift, I think if you're thinking about getting someone something for Christmas, that is such a perfect gift with the label, be able yeah. to personalise the label and all that kind of stuff. And for that value, I just thought it was amazing. 
Yeah. So, uh, but all of them, you know, if you've got the budget, get them, get, maybe get yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah. Get the Loman though, once I got that, um, the pineapple cube, right, on the mm. taste, that was, that mm. was, that was really nice. And that's a, like, single cask as well. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, that was this week's show. There. We hope you, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, what, what we got next week, Nick? Next week, episode 38. Right. It's that time of year, isn't it? It's that time of year. It's time to do our Christmas shopping. And one of the toughest questions, what to buy a whiskey lover this time of year, which isn't necessarily whiskey itself. Exactly. You know, something reasonable, like uh, something to buy a dram lover with a secret Santa, you know, without exactly. breaking the bank. You know, next week we'll exactly. be discussing loads of interesting options and we'll be getting help from past guests who are expert in the field. Oh, yes, we will. Whiskey experts, no less. Uh, we'll, we'll be helping you... Uh, to get the right present for your whiskey-loving friends. Yeah, we're here. We're here for you next week. So, you know, you know, pass it around. Tell people, you know. Yeah. If you're a whiskey exactly. lover, say, you know, if you're wondering what to get me for Christmas, listen to this episode <laughs> of Whiskey and Things. <laughs> Nick really wants some more whiskey stones. That's, the, that's all I know. Uh, if anyone wants to know what to get Nick for Christmas, all the whiskey stones, especially the small ones. Well, He really loves them. Well, he really loves them. He's he's trying to get the the biggest collection uh, of whiskey stones known to to in in the country. In fact, he's trying to get the record for the most whiskey stones in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, help him if you listen next week. You'll realise why Dave is saying that. Um, we've had some advice. Don't buy people whiskey stones, no matter what you do. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Uh, we, it would be pointless us doing this if no one tuned in. So uh, thanks yeah. very much. We hope you've learned something from Billy. Hopefully, may you've got your taste buds going a little bit and make you want to try some new whiskey. And uh, we hope to see you next week. Indeed he do. But for now, cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.